92.7 FM, WVLI with a Maria set of tunes. You see that? My Maria there from B.W. Stevenson and R.B. Greaves with Take a Letter, Maria. I remember being at, uh, well, you and your lovely wife had that summer soiree a few years ago, and you were such the host, running around your little your little Star Trek apron on mm-hmm. and uh, making sure all the guests were, you know, getting to know each other. And you said, Mike, can you do me a favor? R.B. Greaves is here. B.W. Stevenson is here. Can you introduce them? Because they're both songwriters, you know. And right. they, and I remember I said, hey, look, come here, you guys. I said, R.B., B.W., B.W., R.B., you guys can talk about initials and your friend Maria. I'm going to go help Rob with the guacamole. Have fun. <laughs> and they had a blast. They got to know each other. In the guacamole. Just oh, outstanding, creamy. Man. Like, and... Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what's weird about guacamole is you got to eat it soon, or else it turns into something from Satan's bowels. You know, you know what I'm saying? It, it gets that brown hue going. It's like, what happened to the? Hurry up, stir the guacamole, man! Good God Almighty, what's happening to this this dip? Brown Hugh, I loved him when he uh, used to do late night TV uh, he, in Chicago. He yeah. introduced R.B. Greens and B.W. Stevenson when they played the Rialto. Oh Lord, yeah, guacamole, and it doesn't go bad. It just like it's like a chameleon. It's the chameleon of uh, of chip dips. Chameleon of chip dips. It's a little long for a band name, <laughs> but, but it'd be good. a good one. Yeah, but it turns into it turns into it gets brown and yucky really quick. Yeah, I, I I gotta say I'm not a big fan of guacamole. Of so course I don't, not, because you're you're not a, you're not human. You're Vulcan. <laughs> Vulcans don't eat guacamole. If we learn anything, so how do you keep your guacamole from going brown? Let's do a, a listener hack because it's freaky. I don't want to eat. I don't want to eat something. If something's not originally brown, I don't want to eat it after it turns brown. Well, no. Let's see what our brilliant listeners had to say. Hello there. Hello. Lime or lemon? Lime or lemon will keep it freshy? Yes. All right. Thank you, my love. All right. See, we have the smartest listeners. Did she beat you to it? Yeah, apparently. And and I knew that that was a way to keep... ah, What is it? There's another dip that that you put lemon in and it'll keep it from turning color. So maybe it's... God bless lime and lemon. Hello there. Hi, Mike. Hi. Who's this? It's Chris Waller. Chris Waller, do you have a uh, suggestion on how to keep my guacamole green? Right now, Tim Milner's waking up and banging his head through a wall. <laughs> how is this the top-rated show? What the- Hi there. Yes, Chris. Hi. Yes. So you take the pit of the avocado. Oh, okay. And you just set it in the guacamole. Huh. And, it, and it helps keep it green. It protects it. Okay, well, thank you, Chris. Rock on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the pit, some lemon and some lime, and we're ready to go. Thank you, little guac pit. Love you guys. It's Guacamole Talk. Monday mornings on WVLI. The Mike Tomano Happening. Welcome to uh, another episode of the Mike Tomano Happening. And though this program is kind of going bi-weekly now, we do have a lot of great guests coming up, some really interesting conversations. But I'm trying to offset my workload by doing a blog one week and then 
the podcast the next week. So every other week, a podcast and or a blog. Because I want to keep my writing chops up. And I've got some uh, great blogs up, if you haven't read them. And they're at MikeTamano.com. Under the audio and articles drop-down menu, you'll see Tamano blog. Read, enjoy, share, and, uh, you know, we're in this together. All right. So uh, since we last met, rock and roll took a couple of really big kicks to the groin. We lost Mark Lonigan and Gary Brooker. Now, major losses to music, both of them. Lonigan really hit me hard. For me, the bands that came out of the Seattle scene in the early 90s brought about a much-needed change in direction for hard rock. I mean, the days of poison were thankfully waning. Uh, People who dug rock and roll were looking for something a little bit more substantial, a little bit deeper than Bang Tango and Winger. And when bands like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden came on the scene, they were mixing kind of Zeppelin-esque or Zeppelinian, if you prefer, riff rock and kind of pulling from Black Sabbath more so than just Kiss. And they had a deep purple, you know, influence and kind of that more intellectual approach and more virtuoso playing than some of the glam rock metalheads that were really infiltrating (laughs) the rock world at that time. And you know, hey, every rose has its thorn, baby. And uh, for glam rock, it was kind of, time was up. There were a lot of bands that got lumped in. You know, we talk about Enough's Enough on this program. They kind of came out of a, they were more like a cheap trick looking band, kind of a power pop outfit, skinny ties and such. And then by the time the record companies got to them, Glam was just about just about done, but not quite. So they took a chance, put a bunch of makeup on these cats from Chicago Southside, and they were mislabeled as a glam band and dismissed. And it cost them pretty much cost them their career, at least at least in in terms of hitting it really big. And boy, they should have, because enough's enough uh, is some of the best hard rock and power pop out there. But I digress. We're back to the grunge uh, stuff here. So, you know, I enjoyed the fact that the change came, and I really got into some of the players in those bands, but I didn't really delve into the bands themselves too heavily. A few of them I did. I went to see them, but I didn't collect their albums much. You know, everybody was hailing Nirvana, and I saw Nirvana in concert. It was a great concert. Towards the end of uh, Kurt's life, they played the beautifully scuzzy Aragon Ballroom in Chicago and uh, it was quite the show but I didn't buy their albums and the uh, same with like Soundgarden and Pearl Jam you know uh, I really liked a couple of tunes but I couldn't hang for an album's worth of material of any of those bands and as blasphemous as it may be I always preferred Chris Cornell's solo work to Soundgarden and the stuff that he did with uh, Tom Morello and Audio Slave. Love Chris's voice. And Pearl Jam was a great band, uh, a great concert band that I ventured out to see a couple of times. And again, you know, a few tunes knocked me out, but I didn't follow them uh, and I didn't buy their albums. For me, the apex of the grunge bands were Alice in Chains and Screaming Trees, two bands who continued to draw me in and I frequently listened to. And though 
quite different, Lane Staley and uh, Mark Lanigan, two of my favorite vocalists of all time. I mean, Mark had this deep, haunting, weathered, leather voice that resonated with every word that he sang. He was a real deal for sure. Screaming Trees, his solo work, uh, his collaborations, his work with Queens of the Stone Age, the Gutter Twins, the guy was authentic as hell. A real drifter in the gutter of life who would emerge to bear his soul through his art. And his life was pure madness. Uh, Yeah. February 22nd, 2022, he took his talent and went home. We're going to miss him. And, and Gary Brooker, you know, from Procol Harum, he shuffled off February 19th, leaves behind a great legacy with Procol Harum, a real 60s icon whose passionate voice brought Keith Reed's uh, cryptic, poetic lyrics to life and some really timeless music. I mean, revisit Procol Harum if you haven't. Very much an underrated band from the 60s and uh, 70s. And we also uh, lost the great, lovely Sally Kellerman. She left us, and she, of course, the sexy and seductive Hot Lips in Robert Altman's film M.A.S.H., and she did a bunch of other films and TV shows. She was a vocalist as well, a great singer. She did some voiceover work, and uh, I loved her as uh, Rodney Dangerfield's love interest in Back to School. But this is a podcast, not an obit, and podcasts are for the living. So uh, from the Baked Potatoes, my wonderful band that I love playing with, my friend for many years and someone I've shared many a stage with, the incredible Tom T. Ray Tier is with us for our Game Changers series of uh, programs and a look at our life together here on the Mike Tomano Happening. Thanks for doing this, man. This is exciting. No, thanks for having me. I uh, told my wife and daughter that I was going to do it, and they go, why? And I said, Mike asked, me, Mike asked me to be his guest, and they go, really? <laughs> He's running out of guests, huh? Uh, well, there's so many questions we have today for Tom Tier, my bandmate, my dear friend. We've always been such good friends. We got along from the first day I met you. I know, isn't it crazy? I when, was, at first, I thought I was going to be—I was a radio stalker because I kept calling you all the time. <laughs> well, you were the—you were a postmaster, a local postmaster when when I was at the uh, rock and roll station, the Cat. Yes. And uh, I got to know you over the phone, and then I found out subsequently you were a musician. And the way that we formed a band was uh, by the seat of my pants, because. Yeah. Uh, the salesman came to me and said, hey, Ottawa Riverfest has a bunch of money. And they, they said you were talking about the band you had. And I would just talk shit. I didn't have a band. <laughs> you know, I would just say, oh, yeah, Steve and I were at band rehearsal last night. Because we would make these song parodies. But I would just use backing tracks or an acoustic guitar and then say, oh, you know, we'd do these song parodies. And I would just strum along and say, and that'll be coming out on our album with our band. And... Tui would say, my partner at the time, Steve Tui, would say, what, 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 what band are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, that's you with a guitar. And then uh, I got the gig, and so I had to put the band together, and I called you, and you put it together. Well, that's how, you know, that's because I remember there was a, there was a, some Halloween thing, and you were going, yeah, we're putting a band back together. And, you know, I just called you, like, during a newscast when you weren't broadcasting, and I go, 
what kind of band do you have? And you go, oh, it's kind of better to make it up. And I go, well, I have a band. Yeah, <laughs> let's do this thing. <laughs> and so that was the beginning of Tomonosaurus. We played casinos. We played summer fests. And I don't think people knew what the hell they were getting when they hired it. Because they knew it. They, they just hired us because we were on the radio show. And then we would bring listeners and we would do the wildest shit. We would do costume changes, characters. Remember we would do Ozzy and Sharon arguing on stage and Yeah, you know what was the saddest thing was was our first gig was the best gig. <laughs> our first gig was in front of three thousand people at a summer fest. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I remember times when we played there's the infamous, you know, we should probably get this out of the way. I had an accident during sound check at a summer fest. I wasn't going to say that. No, I know, but but your son, I haven't seen your son who played drums for us, and now he uh, retired from the Baked Potatoes. We're going to plug the hell out of the Baked Potatoes because it's the best band I've ever played with. Um, he retired to raise his kids, and he used to be the drummer in Tomatosaurus because I used to sing, and the first thing out of his mouth, I haven't seen him in you know 15 years. He comes to our gig a couple weeks ago, and he introduces me to his lovely wife, and he says, yeah, I told her all about you, man. He goes, I didn't tell her the Wilmington Summerfest story. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a, I had an accident, and it was right before showtime. Uh, I must have eaten something bad. <laughs> well, at least it was up the hill far away. Yeah, we, we, were, we were during soundcheck, and so I went to a, a restaurant and uh, washed myself and threw my clothes in the garbage um, <laughs> my jeans and my, my underpants in the garbage and I put on sweatpants and I did the whole show in red sweatpants I'll never forget that yeah especially since it was in July and it was about 80 some degrees outside <laughs> that's true why are you you sound far away are you on a speakerphone is this like in your office I am on a speakerphone because, right, because you got the kids you got the kids over no, no, I actually uh, just got home. Yeah. I, I was supposed to be off today, and my daughter said, the babies have a doctor's appointment. Could you come over and get the kids off the bus for me? So I had to race over there. That's why when you texted me earlier, I said, I'm in my car on my way home. So. Yeah. You're, you're, you are now a grandpa. And how many mm -hmm. lovely grandchildren do you have? Uh, eight. Eight. That's amazing, man. Grandpa. And do they know that Grandpa's a two rock star, of, a rock two, legend in the Chicago Two sets Lander. of twins. Two sets of twins. Holy cow. That's amazing. And yeah, my playing, daughter just couldn't have one at a time, you know. Yeah. And, you know, for being a grandpa, you played basketball with two of them, and then you came to a gig. <laughs> yeah, and it was full court basketball, too. <laughs> because when we play, when we play those gigs till midnight, I have to, like, take the next day off and not do anything. My shoulders hurt, my wrists hurt, my feet hurt, my back hurts. But you were, like, a, you're, you're very athletic for your age, young man. Yeah. That's what they tell me. They tell me I look pretty good for my age, so I, I take that as a compliment. So I'm when just we glad I'm, I'm alive for my age. <laughs> when we played um, with Tomonosaurus, which was a song parody band, a comedy band, we played some big gigs because we did play Lockport Summerfest, which was another Summerfest that was huge. Yeah, canal, canal days. Canal days. We played uh, Braidwood Summerfest. That was a huge crowd. But we played a gig one time in Ottawa, Illinois, next door to a strip club. And <laughs> as we were packing in, the snow was coming down like it was cinder blocks. It was. I. It was a blizzard of grand proportions and we get inside 
and no one who made reservations to come see us showed up. So we actually played <laughs> to the to the staff. That was that was humbling. But we did a whole show. Yeah. Well, you know, I always say that one thing about the bands that I'm with is whether there's two people or there's two hundred, we always give them a hundred percent. It's yeah. you know that's that, that. Those, those two people that might happen to be in that bar, somebody might have connections somebody might know somebody looking for a band or whatever you know sure you never know when you're getting hired for the next bar mitzvah or quinceanera exactly right on or doctor's retirement uh parties so we we played to no one and you and i got into a bottle of grand marnier this was back in my drinking days and uh i had to sleep in my car yeah it was a pretty long drive home as i recall yeah so i said i'm not i'm not getting behind a wheel we've drank too much of this orange liqueur and I felt like an Oompa Loompa. It was like seeping through my pores. And so I slept in the uh, in my car, woke up the next morning in a an abandoned parking lot with a strip club next to me with cars in it. Like people were there at like six o'clock in the morning. There were people there probably never left. Never left. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So we had some good times. And then, um, you know, we've kept in touch over the years. And now I'm playing drums in the legendary baked potatoes band and you guys are really an amazing band i'm honored to be in the drum chair and we uh we play some great gigs and if people wanted to book the band i mean i don't want to give out a shameless plug but what would be our office number for them to book the premier oldies band in the midwest they can reach me little tommy at 708 Six nine one one zero five three. Yeah, because we got to book up the summer because it's part of my retirement plan. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> get to play a lot of gigs, but we'll do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll do be it. playing six nights a week with uh, one day off in the middle. There, <laughs> <laughs> you with your energy, you could probably do it. So we do. Yeah. So you came to see me in the band, the other band I play in, the Powerless Trio, which is like it's like watching the Who, man. Where just, that's just you never know where that band's going to go, and I think that's part of the charm. It's like uh, top forty done in a punk rock fashion. That's kind of like how I feel. Yeah, I uh, I was amused at the way uh, some of those songs came out that night. I heard you like. Yeah, they come out a little fast. We just uh, we just jam out. It's a party band, and you had come to see me, and you gave me a great compliment. And I think drummers listening will get this. You came up to me and said, "I love that left hand," and uh, I hadn't heard that since I was in prison. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) But but that was that's a great compliment to a drummer. So you know, well, after playing for so many years, you know, and so many drummers, you you listen for certain things and as a bass player you really have to have you know a good bass drum and a good snare drum to keep that time you know yeah yeah so yeah no i appreciate that a lot yeah i love playing and uh i'm starting to actually learn the songs if you guys would not throw new ones at me every time we play <laughs> we stop making them up while, while we're there it is play with the baked potatoes is baptism by fire when i play with billy it's you know we have the song list together and it may change and the songs may uh be rocking but uh but with you guys we'll get a request and you'll you'll name a song i've never heard and actually like one of you guys will come over to me and go it's like boom okay i got it let's go what but it comes out somehow we we've been playing some really big shows lately and i'm really uh excited 
Yeah, I know. It's, it has been crazy. And like I said, I just rebooked us at the uh, Joliet Moose. They were quite quite pleased with that Saturday night. So. Yeah. So, like, I've known you since, uh, boy, 1996 or 1997. Exactly. What, what are some of the highlights of our career together? Because you have much more better steel trap of a memory than I do. Well, like I said, the, the 3,000 uh, people were, that was the, that was the epitome <laughs> We came out on that giant stage. Remember the big backstage area? We had our own trailers and stuff. That was cool. Oh, man, My Sonny Boy and I pulled up in front of that thing, and uh, and we got there early, you know, because we knew you guys were doing the remote, and we wanted to just come out and hang out and stuff. And we pulled up, and the guy goes, oh, yeah, you're with uh, Tamanosaurus, so you guys are, you know, you guys are going on later. So, And they unloaded all of our stuff and tucked it under the stage yes. very nicely. I was like, are you kidding me? And the guy goes, hey, there's your dressing room over there. There's beverages in there. And there were literally two 30-gallon garbage cans, one full of, like, Gatorade, water, pop, and wine coolers, and the other one was just full of beer. Yeah. Yeah, we had a, we, that, we had a hell of a rider back then. Oh. But, you know, that, that was when my radio show was uh, – during the 90s, you could get away with so much on the radio. We were all vying for who could be the wildest on the air. And so people didn't complain as much. Back then, people, if they didn't like what they heard, they would just turn it off. But if they were into – wild stuff they were they were you know ardent fans today you know you go through cancellation and people you know have physical and mental breakdowns if you say something that they don't like and so uh, i've had to i've had to hone my act and temper my delivery but uh still still popular on the radio and you're you're a frequent guest as well yeah i listen when i can now that i've uh, i just started bringing my tablet with and streaming it at my daughter's house I get so, I can only take so much uh, Mickey Mouse Club, you know. So. Yeah, right. Well, you know, if people can. If we're giving shameless plugs, people can uh, stream that morning show five to ten central. If you're into music from the '60s and '70s and beyond, it's uh, WVLI ninety two seven dot com. So I plugged it in the email this week. Yeah, you did. And if people want to, you know, get on our, our mailing list, they're going to be able to go to the Baked Potatoes Facebook page if I get the JPEG of our awesome logo sent to me soon. You know what? When when we're done with this, I will go take my shirt out and take a picture of it and send it to you. <laughs> I can work. I can crop it. I can work with it. A little behind the scenes, do it yourself. Punk rock independence right here. So I want to go through your career. When did you? Because you've played with everybody. When did you start playing music? My first professional stage appearance, also happened by accident, was in August of 1966. Wow. And uh, I was hanging out with my, with my best friend. He was a lead singer in a band, and I used to go to all his rehearsals. And uh, he used to let me play like Johnny Be Good on the drums. And I would basically just sing back up and just be there, you know? And uh, so they were doing a back to school party and and some classmate had a built-in pool and they were doing this big pool party and the guitar player called me up and he said hey are you coming to the gig and i go well, i was planning on it because i wasn't in the band i was just hanging and uh he said well stop over at the lead singer's house and pick up his microphone and his mic stand and his tambourine and i said oh and our singer at the time was attached at the uh at the hip with some girl, you know? And I said, oh, is he over by, you know, his girlfriend's house? 
And he goes, no, man, he's in the hospital. He had an emergency appendectomy this morning. And I'm like, oh, man, who's going to sing? And he goes, you are. There you go. And uh, that was it, man. I was scared to death. First song I ever sang professionally was Little Latin Loopy Lou. <laughs> wow. Now, and you're a great singer and, and bass player. So when did the bass come into here? Because you were, you were, so you were singing first off, right? That was your yeah, first thing. Yeah, I was, uh, I've always been a lead singer. When uh, Kenny and, uh, and Roy, part of the Baked Potatoes, we, were to, we met in 1973 and formed our first band. It was called Yellow Brick Road. And it was kind of like back in the disco era, and you know we had the white uh, leisure suits, and we had <laughs> blue jumpsuits, and oh my God, I got pictures. I I think I showed you the one with Wolfman Jack. Yeah, you played with Wolfman Jack. How was that? Where was that at? Uh, it's in an old bar in Midlothian called the Grand Slam at 147th and Pulaski. So this is back when. So so give us a year for this the early 70s 1975 1975 disco's starting to take hold and guys like wolfman jack are traveling the country making appearances for extra cash exactly and he had uh like i think four or five uh african-american dancers that were dancing behind him and he came into this club and uh he's of course, he was late, and the owners were having a fit. But he says, "All right, I'm going to give you guys my show now." And we went into the dressing room, and he said, "Okay, do you know this song?" And we said, "Yeah." He goes, "Okay." So it was determined we were going to start with "Get Ready," and the dancers were all going to dance. And oh, I mean, he he was like he was counting on us to do the vocals. He's like, "Yeah, with a girl like you, you know." And it was like, "Oh my god!" But. No, people didn't care. It was Wolfman Jack. It was Wolfman. Know? So he was he was attempting to sing these tunes. Yeah, it was more like talking and and maybe hitting the right spot occasionally, you know. But anyway, like you know, doing yeah, doing a little shtick. Yeah, yeah. And then he came out, you know, he's rapping to the crowd and stuff, and and then uh, he had us do My Girl, and then I forget what else we did, but uh, <laughs> but that was our. Our tribute to Wolfman Jack. That was just such a trip. But yeah, he so he, you know these people all danced around him while he while he crooned, you know. And so he's got so so here comes so he shows up, you know he flies in, he rents a car, he's got these hot chicks with him, and he shows up, uh, does a little shtick on the stage, plays with a local band, and so you, you guys were hired to back him up. And like what he does, like a half hour, an hour. What does he do? What does a Wolfman Jack yeah, show half hour, entail? Forty minutes tops, you know. I wonder. I wonder what he was pulling down back then in nineteen seventy. Man, I have no idea. I have, you know, I have no idea. I, I bet he was charging a grand, two grand to do that. Oh, he had to because I'm sure he was giving these dancers, you know, a hundred bucks a night or whatever to do what they were doing. You know, and he loved to party, so he had to, you know, get some extra cash. Yeah. That's so funny, Wolfman Jack. So, and here's the thing: the, the weird thing about the baked potatoes. It's full circle for my musical career. I grew up down the street from Kenny. Now Kenny was older than me, so but I would watch him. I would listen to him. Like I'd ride my bike past his garage or his. Uh, oftentimes, right out, like his door would be open because he lived on the corner, you know. Right. And so I would ride by on the street and he would be playing his guitar and I would just sit and listen to him play. And he had developed a real uh, sense of fame in the 
neighborhood because he was the best guitar player. And then he had a band called Radio Player. And I used to take a fake ID to go see him play. And it was him and Roy and uh, Myron and this guy, yeah. Rodney, my one of my dear friends, Rodney Jankowski, who was the reason I started playing drums because he was so nice to me. He was one of the older guys, you know, and he would hang out with my next door neighbor and some of the older guys in the neighborhood. And when I would go to his house, because his brother, Marty, is like my oldest and dearest friend. I would go hang with Marty and there'd be these blue Slingerlands or no blue Ludwigs. He had these metallic blue Ludwigs in the basement. And when Rodney wasn't home, we would go in his bedroom. I would play his drums. We'd look at Hustler magazine and listen to his record collection. We'd put, you know, Robin Trower on or some weird, you know, European metal band. And I would play his drums. And then as I got older, I would go see Rodney play drums and he played with Kenny and it's just full circle. So when I found out that you we're playing with the baked potatoes. It blew my mind because I, I didn't know that was Kenny's band number one, and I knew all these cats. You know, I used to go to yeah. see them. Wow. So how did you meet Kenny, our, uh, I, uh, our guitar Kenny's player and really, singer? Yeah, Kenny was playing with a, with a band, uh, and I don't remember the name of, them, but they were playing at this place in Elmhurst called the Golden Pheasant, and uh, I knew his drummer, and his drummer called me up and he said man i'm working with this guitar player is really good you ought to come out and hear him so i took a friday night and i went out and and the drummer introduced me to him and and he said yeah it's my buddy tom you know he sings and blah 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 and kenny goes oh you want to come up and croon a couple tunes that's wild so we picked out you know like four or five songs and i went up there and 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 sang and when they took a break kenny goes you got a nice voice man he goes uh no, I know a really good bass player. He goes, think about starting a band. And I said, well, what about these guys? He goes, no, no, no. This is just like, like professional Phil right now to just so I can make a couple of bucks. I'm, Jam I, night. I, yeah. Yeah. I got you. No, no desire to stay with this band. Wow. And you guys been together ever since. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Well, it's, it's nice because you step into a band like this and it's got a built in crowd. And then I utilize the radio show to bring. So we're, we're like selling out places and this is like a big high for me these days, you know? Yeah. It doesn't hurt us either, especially after the pandemic, you know, and being off for so long now it's just like, yeah, this is great. We're back. And yeah. Playing in playing the packed houses. So, yeah. So now we are doing the game changer series. Now I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I threw this at you um, because it's a continuing series here. But I wanted this to I wanted us to reminisce about uh, how we got together and and we got a lot of gigs coming up, so people can go to the uh, the baked potatoes website. That's put, the uh, the baked potatoes dot dot com. There you go, and uh, check out the uh, the history and also the uh, the band members. And I got to say, Roy is a pleasure to work with. And Myron's a pleasure to work with. Although I need to, you know, I don't, I was watching some videos of us and I, I can never hear his, his keyboard. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to uh, remedy that, at least in my monitors, because when we do something like vehicle, which comes in or 96 years, which comes in, I'm always late because I can't hear it. He started 96 tears the other night and, and, 
Kenny and I are standing there and all of a sudden I hear and I'm like, <laughs> you oh, guys were talking dog. to each other. I know. Oh, so yeah, we're gonna have to crank that up. Like I want to get like one of those, uh, like, you know, when you see the Dave Matthews band or some, you know, headliner, uh, big arena band, they always have to have those things in their ear, those ear monitors. Oh yeah. I don't think I could handle one of those, man. It might drive us all crazy. Well, I, I, I can't, I, you know, my little monitor is fine for, you know, hearing what, what vocals I need, but I know what you're saying. And well, I think you could hear it. My wife said she could hear it out there. I just can't hear it on the stage. Well, you know, we're looking for interns, not only to uh, help us with sound and, and setup. Setup is that's, we need to get interns to set up our stuff because it's, it, we're too old for this. At least to carry it in. <laughs> carry it in and carry it out. And we'll, we'll buy them cheeseburgers. Yeah, so, people uh, always say, hey, people are always saying, how come you guys don't have roadies? And we just look at them like, yeah, right. <laughs> we're going to hire Teamsters. Uh, it's funny. Well, okay. So we're going to go through. Uh, now, oh, yeah. You know, I never asked you this in the years that I've known you. Your name is Tom Tier. Right. And your nickname is T-Ray. And I, is, is your middle name Raymond or how does that work? Yes. Okay. Yep, that, it is. See, I deduced that. They call me Sherlock Holmes because I figured that out. Yeah. Um, when... Uh, when Mikey was in uh, in high school and his buddies would come over and we'd all be playing basketball in the driveway and they all had nicknames for each other and uh, one of the guys hung T-Ray on me. So it's been that, you know. Isn't that something? And my father's nickname... Um, because remember, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a black culture thing calling everybody dog. Like, you know, obviously Snoop Dogg and stuff like that, but your dad's name, but everybody was, Hey, you're, you know, you're this dog or you're that dog. And my dad would go fishing all the time and give families, you know, he'd come home with all these fish and say, here, bring these to your mom. They would say, thanks trout dog. And so he became trout dog. And that was yep. it, man. That was it. That was his nickname. Yeah. I missed I, that kid. I remember that. He came to see us a few times with Tomonosaurus. Yeah. I'll he, tell you, he didn't know what the hell to make of it, but he, he knew it was popular. <laughs> well, then he fit right in because we didn't know either. So. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get to the game changers with T-Ray. And okay. Uh, okay so, so the book that uh, was a game changer for you. Man, you know, I think we talked about that. And I've had many because I, I do enjoy reading. Probably my first book that kind of changed me was... Uh, Oh, sorry, my dog's up. No, that's okay. My dog's my dog. My cat's been sitting in here purring and whining for the whole show. Adds adds ambiance. Archie comic books. It was when I first noticed that Betty and Veronica had different uh, anatomy from Archie and the rest of the boys. <laughs> so that was a a sexual awakening for you, Veronica and and now Daff. What? No, that's that's Betty, Scooby Doo. Betty and Veronica. Betty and Veronica. So if if you had to choose, who would you date? Oh man, probably Betty because she's a blonde. But all right, there I'm you kill go. Kill my dog. No, no, I like it. I'm leaving that. They're uh, they're wrestling. I have a uh, three-year-old uh, part border collie and Australian cattle dog, and and a red healer. Oh wow! All right, and That's... they're chasing each other around. And <clears throat> it's fun stuff. But uh, other than that, uh, so Archie Comics. See, that's that's a different one. I, you know, we, we haven't gotten too many uh, people saying comics, and you do read a lot of fiction, and that's my new thing. Like I've already always read biographies, and so the last year, I've been delving into fiction and trying to catch up on the classic literature that I missed. Like I had never read Flannery O'Connor, even when I was in high school. 
she may have been on the list, but I never read anything by her, you know, and mm-hmm. I read a couple of Ernest Hemingway books, but I'm delving into Hemingway. I'm rediscovering Faulkner. And, and so, you know, some of these things I'm reading, I'm like, oh, well, th- now I know why they're classic and timeless because they're just they write in such an elegant, beautiful style, such a command of language and such ability to paint pictures with words that it really inspires me as a writer. So I've been kind of going through that. So, but I haven't got around to Archie's comics, Archie comics yet. Although I do relate to Jughead very much. But yeah, as you know, and then as a kid, I read a lot of sports, you know, the standard uh, Hardy boys and Chip Hilton and, you know, stuff like that. Look at you. And then uh, one of my favorite books of all time is ball four by Jim Bouton. Okay. All right. that thing yeah, that let you know how professional baseball is, you know. Oh, professional! I thought it was about a guy born with four balls. No, no. All right, Jim Bowden. All right, I'll have to check that one out. And um, so now, because you have such an eclectic taste in music, I mean, we we play everything that, and and you've always been turn, turning me on to great music since I met you. What was the album that was a turning point for you? I thought about this after you sent me the list, you know, and, and, and of course, you know, all the Beatles stuff and the Liverpool music and, uh, you know, as old as I am, I go back to having the 78s of uh, Hound Dog by El- Elvis mm. and, uh, and Bebopalula by Gene Vincent. I go back that far, you know, but the album, I think that really, I was just starting to get into uh, the playing and stuff is the Crosby, Stills and Nash album. Oh, the first one. Yeah. Yeah. With Sweet Judy Blue Eyes and stuff. The vocals on that, I just sat there going, whoa, what are they doing? Yeah. Yeah. You know what album I just um, have been getting into the last year is the, I don't know, like it was the late 70s album or maybe early 80s even. It was that CSNN album the, with the black cover and they're all on the uh, ship or yep. the, the boat or whatever it is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Holy cow. I mean, when they hit it, they hit it out of the park, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the first Crosby, Stills, and Nash album. Yeah, you came. I still have Deja Vu. I still have that on vinyl, my original copy. Yeah. I have a ton of vinyl in my basement that uh, I got a really crappy uh, turntable. But on Saturdays when my wife and I clean house and I go down to clean the basement, I always put on different vinyl and stuff, you know? It's the best. I, when I wash dishes, that's when I, I break my vinyl out. As a matter of fact, I grabbed uh, for today's dishwashing uh, excursion, which will follow this uh, podcast, because, you know, I live on the edge. It's yeah. going to be, uh, I picked out a Kraftwerk album, kind of electronic stuff. And, yeah, uh, you were just talking about that. Yeah, and Hawkwind's In Search of Space album I have on vinyl. I, I play believe that. I have that too, yeah. Uh, Hawk, Hawkwind was a big eye-opener for me, man. It was like, what is this? This is amazing, yeah. when I first, The first Hawkwind album I heard was uh, A Space Ritual, the double live LP. Yep, that's the one I have. That's yeah. the one I have. And it's got like, you could open it up with all the, uh, it's like gatefold, eight, eight, eight gatefold uh, cover. And it's got the, like a naked girl with beads all over her and all this weird poetry and shit. Boy, those guys were fried, but man, the music was incredible. Talk about like an off the wall type group that I, I like is triumvirate. Triumvirate, you turned me on to them. That's the the the, the power trio with the little yep. mouse. What was the, uh-huh. yeah, you actually turned me on to that album. Yeah. I love that band, man. That's a great band. We got to work some triumvirate into our set. <laughs> I don't think so. 
They were kind of like a uh, like an offshoot of you know not an offshoot but like a uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer an Emerson Lake and Palmer copy band but you know right. they did the same uh, keyboard bassist and and drummer but they were great they had some great songs Triumvirate yeah I gotta go dig out my Triumvirate vinyl now which I bought because of you awesome yeah. Yeah, it's weird those bands that slide under the radar. I remember my sister's boyfriend. I thought I had heard everything. My sister's boyfriend, when I was probably mm, 11 or 12, you know, I knew I read Roxane Magazine and Cream and Rolling Stone. I thought I knew all the cool bands. And he turned me on to Blood Rock. I was like, who is this? These guys are with that big organ sound. And yeah, yeah. Blood Rock. Whatever happened to them? We should open for Blood Rock. People probably say, whatever happened to. Baked potatoes too. But. <laughs> they say that during the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, okay. So uh, we went album, uh, we went book, and now what film? Because I've never, I don't think I've ever, ever discussed movies with you. No, and and once again, I, I like. Well, I'm to the age now where I put a movie in and I'm asleep within fifteen. Yeah, minutes ain't that the movie. truth? I have to remember where I left off in Netflix. Yeah, but I thought about this too, and I and there's two movies that kind of affected my thinking and one goes back to when i was a little kid old yeller old yeller wow because emotional stuff as it, well and as a young kid you know i i had dogs growing up and you know they would pass but you know my parents would take the dog and have it put down i said whatever happened to old rover you know uh well we had, we sent him out to live on the farm you know yeah, he was the old farm old excuse yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. and then i realized that they killed a damn dog <laughs> yeah well at least they didn't send you out to do it and then and then the other one that kind of kind of freaked me out because i was of this era was apocalypse now yeah because i had a a, a ton of uh guys i went to high school with that that went to nam and a couple of them didn't make it back and a couple of them came back really messed up man and it's like i uh i went for my physical i have a bad left eye and they wouldn't pass me because if i'd have lost my right eye, i had been out there shooting at anything that moved right and so they they didn't accept me but man i had buddies come back and i was like oh man what the heck happened to you over yeah there? i still know some of those guys man and now you know and 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 for those of us who grew up and have seen what war does not only to humanity but to individuals i have friends that were in mogadishu with the black hawk down that the movie the movie's based on them and uh <laughs> i mean how do you come back from something how do you lead a normal life and it's 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 mind-blowing and now with this bullshit in the ukraine uh those of us who are at an age of reasoning are just heartbroken you know it's it's yeah. it's just there is nothing that good nothing good comes from this stuff oh well we could go off on that all day all yeah, right so let's cool. plug the band the baked potatoes dot weebly dot com correct and also a facebook page coming as soon as i get the logo yeah, I will. I will take that picture. You'll have it tonight. All right, and uh, our upcoming gigs. Man, it's all uh, all the acoustic stuff until uh, I don't even have my calendar well, here. here. I know. So I know, I know we, this. we have yeah. a couple gigs coming up. Yeah, I know. We, uh, you you guys are going to be at the Stray Barn Frankfurt. Yeah, Friday night eight or Saturday night eight to eleven, the twelfth. That's acoustic. Um, May 14th, we're at the Joliet Moose for another 
awesome show. And then we're yeah. back there again, uh, June 25th. And so, uh, yeah. and that's uh, going to be outside. I'm having a ball. So did I pass the audition yet? I got to make sure I pass the audition. Of course you did. You haven't been replaced yet, so. <laughs> no. And, and we, I have had have some. another Little Joe's show coming up. She wants me to call her and book another date, so. Let's do it. I've had Trials by Fire. The, now, it's one thing when you call out a song. Here's a couple of Baked Potatoes episodes. One week we played a uh, song by the uh, Doobie Brothers, China Grove, right? Yeah, that was one of our first gigs. And, yeah, and then uh, I can't even tell you the last time we did that as a band. So, but I had done that with bands before, and then the next week, Kenny says to me, "Hey, let's do that Doobie Brothers song." And you guys started. What was the song you did? Listen, listen to the music. Listen to the music, and I started playing China Grove, and you turned around and said, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> I go and Kenny's like, "I told you the Doobie Brothers." I said. I've never played this. And he said, we played it last week. And I said, that was China Grove. He goes, oh yeah. All right, we'll just keep up. All right, great. I gotcha. That was funny shit, man. And then it's one thing to know the song and kind of try to listen in my head and think, okay, I know, I know where this goes. I'll watch these guys for cues if there's any abrupt stops or anything. But when you threw the Vince Gill at me, we're going to do oh, uh, yeah. either, Liza, Liza Jane. We're doing Liza Jane by <laughs> Vince Gill. I said, I never heard it. And Kenny goes, just feel it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I made it through it. I made it like through it. Like a train it. beat. <laughs> yeah. Chicka, 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 Okay, I got you. And then he played right after that. We went into uh, uh, the Johnny Cash song, with it, which was another chicka, chicka, chicka. My wrists were <laughs> swollen. I looked like Popeye after playing those two songs back to back. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, it's always an experience. Always a pleasure hanging with you, brother, and I will see you. Uh... Oh, I do want to tell the, the band rehearsal. Now, we have Kenny has a car museum that uh, we practice in. He's got his family's you know automobiles because his brother, man, I used to grow up and I used to talk to his brother all the time. And his brother used to restore these. He would bring these Camaros and it looked like like they were in a post-apocalyptic, you know, uh, Mad Max movie. And he would restore these things to pristine condition. That was his thing. So now these cars are, you know, in in this, uh, you know, this non-disclosed location, but it's a bunch of warehouses. And so the thing is, I put the address in my, this was last week, we had a rehearsal or a couple weeks ago. I put the, you know, the address in my GPS and it just takes me to the industrial park. And so I'm looking now, this is a Saturday night. No one's working. There's no truckers, you know, working on a Saturday night. There's nobody working except I see this one with cars outside and I could hear music. So I'm like, all right, well, this must be the place. And I pound on the door and I'm pounding and pounding and the music shuts off and a guy opens the door and there's all this weightlifting equipment in a hot tub and the guy's got a towel wrapped around him. And I said, hey, and he's like, what's up? And I see this other guy with a towel wrapped around him behind him. And I'm like, hey, I think I'm in the wrong place. He's like, I think so too. I was like, okay, I'll I'll see you later. That wasn't like band rehearsal. Think I'm at the wrong fantasy night. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm looking for the rock star fantasy. This is the. I think this is the Roman orgy fantasy. I, I signed up for a different one. Yeah, it was good stuff, man. Fun, fun, fun. So uh, I will see you soon. And thank you so much for doing the podcast with me, T. Ray. Oh, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And once again, if you want to really book one of the finest bands 
in the Midwest for uh, if we play oldies from 50s through the 80s, what number should they call to do that? 708-691-1053. Peace and love, brother. All right, rock on, buddy. The Mike Tomano Happening.